All right, so yeah, we're still in Attributes of God. And once again, we're actively seeking and accurately understanding who God is will promote high and holy living. Uh, every aspect of our lives are reflective of our view of God. And tonight we're going to be talking about uh, God's power and how He's all-powerful. And that definitely promotes a high view of God. Um, if we understand it correctly. An accurate understanding of God is foundational to how we know Him, worship Him, serve Him, and become more like Him. Alright, let's get into it. So, the omnipotence of God. Charles Hodge, I'd start us off with a quote instead of ending them with them. There's a lot of quotes in here actually though. We can do very little. God can do whatever He wills. We, beyond very narrow limits, must use means to accomplish our ends. With God, means are unnecessary. He wills, and it is done. He said, let there be light, and there was light. He, by volition, created the heavens and the earth. At the volition of Christ, the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. By an act of His will, He healed the sick, opened the eyes of the blind, and raised the dead. This simple idea of the omnipotence of God that He can do without effort and by volition, whatever He wills, is the highest conceivable idea of power and is that which is clearly presented in scriptures. So, Charles Hodge definitely, I think, had a very good, at least foundational understanding of the power of God. Um, and the simple fact that he did not need any type of means. It wasn't God needing a tool or anything like that. It was God was able to do or and is able to do whatever he desires simply because he is God, not because he has better tools, not because he has better whatever you want to call it, but he can do it just simply because he is God. Um, can't remember who <clears throat> who it was that had said it, but you know God possesses all power. So even what we have in our human power and ability is ultimately just something that God has given us. It's through God that we have that power. Um, even Satan, that his power is only given to him by God. It's only by God that he even has power. Uh, somebody had said that um, even uh, Satan is God Satan. Like he is the one that empowers him to do whatever he can do. Uh, if it was, if God wanted to completely do away, he would have absolutely no power. Um, so moving forward, <coughs> uh, Jeremiah twenty or thirty two twenty six says. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? Um, so is there anything outside of God's power? Um, and we would say, well, God's power is without limits, right? He can do whatever He wants. Uh, there's no bounds to His power. Um, and what we mean by that is that he can he carries out whatever he desires, okay. Um, 
in another sense, nothing's too complicated for God. Nothing's too difficult for Him to accomplish. He can do whatever, however He wants. Um, and of course, we know ultimately He can do what man cannot, which is to save sinners. Uh, and that is definitely a power that we can glory in God, knowing that we don't have that. Uh, Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Um, so this you know, puts, a, a, um, puts God's power up there, but it also, uh, I think, reveals a lot about man, how we have a low view of Him because we, we ask of things that He could do so much more for us. You know, we, don't, we can't even ask of the right things uh, because He is more than capable to give us even, you know, more than what we ask for, abundantly more than, you know, what we could ever dream of. Um, so our view of God is often lacking uh, the correct um, expanse of His power. Like, it's hard to, hard to even comprehend how much power God has. Um, and going through the study, uh, looking at a few different things, I, I really ran across some things that, and I, I've read them before, I know, because I've read these material before, but things that really that jumped out that never really had uh, given a lot of thought, just because there's so much. Like, sometimes I'll read and something will pop into my mind, and I'll be thinking about that while I'm reading the words on the page, and then I'll get two or three pages down the road, and I'm like, okay. I finally think I got that last concept, and I'm like, oh, what did I just read? Two pages full. So uh, going back through it again, uh, looking at the power of God is uh, something that we, and I said it probably about all the attributes that we need to uh, revisit often. Um, let's see here. Well, I didn't put, let me go back. Okay, so this is, I didn't put it on there, but this is Isaiah 40, 28. Yeah. Um, uh, it says, Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. So, just in that verse, what would you? What does that tell us about God's power? It's inexhaustible. Yeah, exactly. His power is inexhaustible. It cannot run out. He does not grow tired. You know, we do something, it drains us. Well, our power is limited very much so, uh, but he never grows tired. Uh, he gives power to the faint. Uh, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Uh, even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall uh, fall exhausted. Uh, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up uh, with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Only because of God that has that power. Okay. Um, so it's not going to diminish over time. 
It's not going to get tired. Um, and in that, he's also able to give help, give power to the feeble, to mankind. Um, it's just a, uh, just like it's same thing kind of as we love because he first loved us. We only have power because God gives it to us. Um, And a lot of this, I feel like we've talked about a lot of this before, uh, talking about some of the other attributes, but um, the first one we talked about was the aseity of God, how He is self-existent. And this one kind of runs, you know, His power self-consistent uh, in Himself, so it's never, um, never contradicts itself, I guess. Um, Titus 1-2 says, In hope of eternal life, uh, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. So this means that, you know, of course, God doesn't lie. Uh, what He says will come to pass because He is that powerful. Um, and it's in perfect uh, communion, uh, just like all with the other attributes. Kind of like how we talked about the holiness of God is like the beauty of His attributes. Uh, well, this one, you know, is the one that who we've talked about this before is what's the most important attribute of God? You know, we talked about, you know, holiness. We listed a few of them, and I suggested that it was the sovereignty of God because He, who cares if He's all loving or if He's got love, but He can't control everything that's going on. Well, what does it matter if he can't will all of those things to happen either? Uh, so this is right up there with, you know, what I would consider to be the one of the greatest attributes uh, because if he is all those things, but he can't, he's not in control of those things and not able to bring it to fruition, then, you know, what kind of God is he? But he is able to. Um, we do have to say, though, uh, even though he cannot lie, there are some things that God cannot do. Um, but it's not because of a lack of power. It's because it will not go against his other attributes or who he is. Just for example, he, he cannot lie. Um, that's one of them. But once again, that's not a reflective of his power. That's reflective of who he is. Um, Let's see here. Yeah. Um, so, thinking about some of the attributes, I guess, what what would be some things that we say that God cannot do because of who He is? Sin. Sin. Yeah. Can't sin. He is holy. Can't change, yeah. That is the attribute, immutability. Can't be, uh, can't be unjust. Can't be unjust. What did you say? That was one that kind of popped in my mind. He can't be unjust. He is faithful. He cannot go against his own character. 
Yeah, there's like, and once again, all of those are not because he's not powerful enough. It's just because he can't do it. He cannot go against his own character. Um, all right, let's see here. Uh, okay, so here's nope. There we go. Okay, uh, here's another quote. This one's by Stephen Charnock. Uh, the power of God is that ability and strength whereby He can bring to pass whatever He please, whatsoever His infinite wisdom may direct, and whatsoever the infinite purity of His will may resolve. As holiness is the beauty of all God's attributes, so power is that which gives life and action to all the perfections of His divine nature. How vain would, we be, would be the eternal counsels if power did not step in to execute them. Without power, His mercy would be but feeble pity. I think that's what it should have been there. His promises, an empty sound. His threatenings, a mere scarecrow. God's power is like Himself, infinite, eternal, incomprehensible. It can neither be checked, restrained, nor frustrated by the creature. That was a... Another one, like these old guys sat down and really thought about the power of God. And don't see a lot of that now. Everybody just quotes them. Instead <laughs> of actually sitting down and thinking about this stuff themselves. Um, but yeah, like I was kind of saying earlier, you know, if, if he didn't have the power to execute all these characteristics of himself, then all the mercies, the grace, the, you know, what kind of God would he be? Y'all got any questions or concerns right now? We're about to, if you have your Bible, turn to Psalms 18 and then also find Psalm uh, Job 38. Job's kind of the one I always think about whenever I think about God's power. See? Since Job is kind of the one that they say was one of the earliest. Um, scriptures written, they think. I think the first come to Jesus talk came in Job. <laughs> he finally just sat him down and said, Listen here, Sonny. Uh, Psalms 18. Uh, let's see here. Let's just start in, let's just start in verse 1. Okay, uh, so Psalm 18 says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock, in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of sal my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And I am saved from my enemies. The cord of death encompassed me and the torrents of ungodliness terrified me. The cords of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God for help. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry for help before him came to his ears. Then the earth shook and quaked, and the foundations of the mountains were trembling and were shaken because he was angry. Smoke went up out of his nostrils, and fire from his mouth devoured coals were, devoured. Coals were kindled by it. 
He bowed the heavens also and came down with thick darkness under his feet. He rode upon a cherub and flew, and he sped upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his hiding place, his canopy around him, darkness of waters, thick clouds of the skies. From the brightness before him passed his thick clouds, hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the might, the Most High uttered his voice. Hailstones and coals of fire. He sent out his arrows and scattered them, and lightning flashes in abundance and routed them. Then the channels of waters appeared, and the foundations of the world were laid bare. At your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils. Um, yeah. So, you know, once again, we're talking about just by the breath of his nostrils, just by him simply saying things, all that type of stuff took place. Um, you know, we don't, we can't see that. We don't know anything, any type of power like that. Um, and it talks about, you know, uh, that he uh, sped upon the wings of the wind. Um, uh, made, he made darkness his hiding place, his canopy around him, darkness of waters, thick clouds of the skies. You know, we, we, it's easy to look at things like that and say, okay, that's something really powerful that can, you know, um, that can control the storms uh, with simply his voice. Um, and we think of that and we're like, wow, that's just, that's, we, I mean, you almost think, say, well, that's the, like, that's the peak of his power. If you can control the winds that seem to be uncontrollable by man, we would think, oh, that's, you know, somebody that can do that, that's the most powerful thing you can do. But yet, God created the winds, you know, so he can do whatever he wants to with them. He has the power to do that because he's the creator of all of that. Um, it says, not only does all creation bear witness to the great power of God, this is A.W. Paint, but also to his entire independency of all created things. He's so powerful. He creates all these things. You know, we create things to help us out, right? God didn't do that. God didn't create man so that they could, by some type of means, create, you know, accomplish his will or accomplish his you know, desires. That's not what it was. Simply for his glory that he made man. Um, he is completely independent. Does not need us at all. Uh, go to Job 38. This is the come to Jesus talk. I feel like was the, the first one in recorded history, I guess. And this is the, you know, you know how prideful we are and how much, how we think we're so smart and everything, but um, God really does just set uh, Job in his place here and just says, look at, Look at, first of all, who I am. Look at what I've done. Look at the power that I have. Um, we'll just start in verse 1 here too. It says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel uh, by words without knowledge? Now gird up your loins like a man, and I will ask you, and you instruct me. 
Uh, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding. Who sets its measurements, since you know? Or who stretched the line on it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy, or who enclosed the sea with doors when bursting forth it went out from the womb? When I made a cloud its garments and thick darkness its swaddling band, and I placed boundaries on it and set a bolt and doors, and I said, Thus far you shall come, but no further. Farther. And he shall... Uh, and he shall your proud waves stop. Here shall your proud waves stop. And then we finally get into it. If y'all headings here, it says God's mighty powers. So here you go. Not, you know, not that he's just questioning. He's kind of laid it out there. Like, listen, who are you to be questioning me? Like, look at what I've done. Look at the power of creation. And he says, have you ever in your life commanded the morning and caused the dawn to know its place? that it might take hold of the ends of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it. Uh, it is changed like clay under the seal, and they stand forth like a garment. From the wicked the, their light is withheld, uh, and the uplifted arm is broken. Have you entered into the springs of the sea, or walked in the recesses of the deep? Uh, have the gates, gates of death been revealed to you, or have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Have you understood the expanse of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. Uh, where is the way to the dwelling of light? And darkness, where is its place? That you may take it to its territory that it, uh, and that you may discern the past to its home. You know from you were born then and the number of your days is great. Have you entered the storehouses of the snow or have you seen the storehouses of the hail? which I reserve for the time of distress, for the day of war and battle. Uh, where is the way that the light is divided, or the east wind scattered on the earth? Who has cleft a channel for the flood, or a way for the thunderbolt? To bring rain on a land without people, on a desert without a man in it. To satisfy the waste and desolate land, and to make the seeds of grass to sprout. Has the rain a father? Or who has begotten the drops of dew? From whose womb has come the ice and the frost of heaven? Who has given it birth? Water becomes hard like stone, and the surface of the deep is imprisoned. Uh, can you bind the chains of... This one gets me every time. You, you have three vowels together. That's not normal. Like, don't do that. Pleiades. There we go. Thank you, Eddie. Uh, so, uh, can you bind the chains of Pleiades or loose the cords of Orion? Can you lead forth a constellation in its season uh, and guide the bear uh, with her satellites? Do you know the ordinances of the heavens or fits their rule over the earth? Can you lift up your voice to the clouds so that uh, an abundance of water will cover you? Can you send forth lightning that they may go and say to you, here we are? Who has put wisdom in the innermost being or given understanding to the mind? Who can count the clouds by wisdom 
or tip the water jars of the heavens when the dust hardens into a mass and the clouds stick together? Can you hunt the prey for the lion or satisfy the appetite of the young lions when they crouch in their dens and lie and wait for their, in their lair? Who prepares for the ravens its nourishment when its young cry to God and wonder without, about without food? So, whenever we think we've got it all figured out and how we think we know everything, God's like, you don't have a clue. You don't even work. You, you've never even given thought about how the, uh, the line or who feeds the lines or who, um, how the young has to wait for the, the food to be brought back to it and it's sitting there waiting. You know, you, don't, you never thought about that type of stuff. You don't have to worry about that stuff because you have no power over it. I mean, what would be the point of me going, I wonder if that raven's going to eat today. What power do I have of doing it? I could kill something, lay it out there on the, on the driveway for it to come get, but I can't make it <laughs> swoop down and eat it. I can't do that. But that is the power that God has. He, he is able, and He does those type of things. That is uh, the God that we, that we serve um, and the Creator God that we uh, that had, he didn't create this stuff and go, oh yeah, I gotta feed the raven somehow. Or what about the lions? How am I gonna get that took care of? He didn't do that. Um, oh, uh, Habakkuk 3.2. This is one I probably haven't really sat down and seen before. Habakkuk 3.2. I don't know why there's a pretty good delay. Come on. Do something. Nope. May have lost it forever. Back at three, two. All right, so, O Lord, I have heard the report of you and your work. O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. God came from Taman and the Holy One uh, from Mount Paran. His splendor covered the heavens and the earth was full of His praise. His brightness was like the light Rays flashed from his hands, and there he veiled his power. What does this tell us about God's power? This was the one today that I was like, he, he uses Yeah. What we see is simply his veiled power. We don't see the fullness of it, um, which is mind-blowing. Um, I think it was A.W. Pink. He said, uh, the prophet here in vision uh, beheld the mighty God scattering the hills and overturning the mountains, which one would think afforded an amazing demonstration of his power. 
Nay, says our verse, that that is rather the hiding than the displaying of His power. It's not really God displaying His power. It's really Him hiding it. What is meant? This, so inconceivable, so immense, so uncontrollable is the power of deity that the fearful convulsions which his, He works in nature conceal more than, that more than they reveal of His infinite might. So creation hid more than it actually revealed to us of His infinite might. Make sense of that one. How does that work? God is so much more. Because I mean, you normally go to, uh, well, what's the most powerful thing God did? Well, creation. He created all this type of stuff. You know, you got humongous stars and, you know, to travel around our galaxy would take billions of years. And I was like, eh, that's just a little bit of God's power. That's just a little bit of what He can do. Once again, I think if we understand the power of God, we'll have a much high and holy view of who He is. And that's the, that's the desire of you know, going through all these attributes. But really sit down and think about the power. And, and most of the time we think about the power of, okay, what can God do for me? Right? Um, uh, was it Philippians 4.13? I, I can do anything. And He can because of Christ. But all that's going to have to line up with it being God's will and us wanting the things of God, not just simply to God to infuse His power into us so that we can do whatever we want by whatever means we want for our glory. That's not what it's about. But God is so powerful that, yeah, you can do anything and everything according to the power of Christ. Okay? So He can even... Once again, He can impute power into us, just like He imputes His love into us as well. All right? Let's see here. Okay. Ezekiel twenty-two fourteen. This one says, Can your courage endure... Or can your hands be strong in the days that I shall deal with you? I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do. It's a very sad verse for the, um, for the reprobate, for the sinner. It, says, it doesn't matter what you try and do. Your, I, what I will will be done. I will do what I want. You have nothing that you can do to restrain my power. And you think about like, we've seen instances of that. Um, the flood. There was nothing we could do to withhold those rains. If God had not provided a heads up to Noah and build the Boat, mankind would have been done, over with. Nothing we could have done. Um, and then Romans nine twenty two says, What if God, desiring to show His wrath 
and to make known His power has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. So God has for a, a while has allowed evil to happen, okay? Uh, he's endured it with much patience. Why? In order to make known the riches of His glory for the vessels of mercy, which He has prepared beforehand for glory. God says, I'm going to withhold my power. I'm not going to strike them dead right now like they deserve. I'm going to withhold my power I'm going to strain myself and let this go on for a little bit. But in the end, it's going to make known the riches of His glory. It's going to really show the power of God by withholding His wrath and power on the, on the uh, wicked. Um, and then you think about this. like he, Okay, the sinner, so patient, so patient, long-suffering for hundreds of years at times with people, right? And we say, well, that is a great restraint of power. But then you have to think, for all eternity, not only is he, not are they incarcerated in, in hell, but somehow he supernaturally preserves their souls and body for eternal punishment. ever burning like a fire, he leaves them in there for them to realize maybe I wasn't right. right? Maybe God is who he says he is. And that's a, you know, the p simple fact that he can preserve out souls. Like we don't know of anything that's, the, that's permanent, that's eternal. Like we can't fathom that. But it's God who preserves those things. It's God who's preserved this earth for uh, 6,000 years. You know, it wasn't man. We're trying to destroy it, it seems like. But God's able uh, to keep it spinning in orbit on the right axis, all that type of stuff. Once again, just to think about that stuff, you like, oh, what great power of God. But really, that's, that's just hiding. That's not really displaying all of the power of God. Okay? I think that's...